We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. set a major league record for strikeouts in a game. Derek Jeter with one of the most unbelievable plays you will ever see by a shortstop. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Welcome back to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports in part two of our conversation with former major leaguer Rico Bronia. We pick up our conversation talking about a very popular topic nowadays, the shift. You're a spray-the-ball everywhere hitter, but there was a time when you became almost a pull hitter right. to your detriment. Right, absolutely. I want to hear your take on the shift because it, it, it's, it's yeah. a topic. Yep, um, yep. I'll give you my take afterwards, but I want to hear what your opinion is on it. Yeah, and I was part of the, um, you know, I was an information coach, maybe the first or second in the MLB back in 2014. It really wasn't in vogue yet. Um, so uh, I was involved with the, the shifting and how we're going to play players in the pitchers' meetings with the Angels in hitters' meetings, coaches' meetings, how we're going to play guys every night, every series. And I always tended as a former player to lean back, let's go a little bit more back to straight, straight up defense. So, like, if it was you know, the front office or somebody that did in, in the dots on the plot showed us we really should pull. I always gravitated to who's pitching, What's which doesn't factors? get, fa- I mean, they fact, you know, the smart ones will factor it in a lot. And then is he, is there a guy who has command of what he's doing? Because this guy's a pull hitter, let's shift him, you know, so I'm going to throw him sinkers away so he can roll over, you know, but is it going to be a sinker away? And is it, is it, What's the velocity? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of factors, and we just, I just saw, I thought it was valuable to just hold back a little bit. So if we're going to be a full shift, I would always try to, let's go back to half or three, whatever you want to call it. What's your take? I, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You said you had a take. He kind of took the question a little bit different direction. I I went a different, uh, I'm, I'm, no, it's fine. I like that, I like that Mm -hmm. answer. My my question is: Should there be shifting? Good or, good or bad? Is should it you should, should, it? You mean? Well, there's talk. There's talk in Major League Baseball, and there's a, there's a growing movement that it should be not allowed. I mean, how many times have you seen a straight hit up the middle that in 1995 would have been a single oh, every yeah. single All day, seven All days a week? All the time. All the time. How many times do you see a ball hit, boom, and the dude don't even move? Right. The but, third baseman is playing short right field, and he's just standing there. So if you do the data, this is good stuff, because if you do the data and look at the stats over, and you take a large sample size through many years, many seasons of the same types of hitters, the numbers are going to kind of be almost 
in the same ballpark to use a you know baseball phrase it's, it's a wash you think it, uh, it, yeah i mean maybe not you know certain it, the smaller the sample size the the greater the the difference obviously the larger the sample size you can you can play with the numbers there but you know for um every ball that went up the middle there's a flare over there or there's a why don't they bunt the crap out of it and make them honest like i don't understand why, why... the opposite direction yeah, Should see, Major League Baseball players be able to hit the opposite direction? I, I, I think a, a hitter's goal should be to become a good hitter first, let the power... Usually home runs, they kind of come as they come, and you grow and you learn your but swing. it doesn't work they, that way anymore, right? Yeah, no, they, they're, uh, they're going for down... You know, they, they um, are definitely developed, to d developed differently. I think the good hitters are always good hitters. They just and then they let their 19 to 21 home runs happen. They get a lot of doubles. They spray the field. They they disallow the de is that's a, if that's the right word. Right, or you're word right. At all yeah. disallow the defense to, to play shift on you. Now you're going to be count conscious with those guys in certain situations. You're going to, you know, maybe move. But this is what we did as players without like cards and dot plots. Yeah, is we knew the situation. That's the only thing I really dislike about it all is you, it, anytime you take an ounce of feel or instinct or teamwork it's, away from a player you lose you a see lot. The players yeah. take out the card look at the card and they follow it and it goes down to you said it before and i want to transition to red sox in a second but i i went to my kids flag practice and i don't care what my kids do but the dad of the quarterback is like he's one of those dads and he's chirping and he's upset that he's splitting quarterback duties but he said this that his son was given a play and there was a breakdown, and he, he threw to a different guy than the play was supposed to, and it was a good play. Field. And he got yelled at, mm -hmm. that he didn't go to the intended target. This, and this is 11- and 12-year-old flag oh, football. Gosh. I mean, this is that, he should be celebrating that. <laughs> He's open. Brady says, who do you, they ask him, who do you throw to? He goes, the receiver that's open. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was blown away that that happened. I was blown away that dad's that involved, but I mean, I'm also blown away that, that those things are trickling down. But, I mean, we could talk. For 16 yeah. hours about this stuff. I, and I love it because I learn a lot because I don't know a lot of inside baseball. So um, it's, it's helpful for me. But, you know, we're talking with Rico Bronia, who had, what, nine seasons. Let's see. Uh, Detroit, Mets, Phillies, Atlanta, Boston. Was there anything yeah. else in there? Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's – I was bad enough, good enough to get moved around a lot or shopped around a lot. I mean, it was a bummer I got moved from Philly because I loved it there. I was just going to say, where was your favorite place? To yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time there, the four seasons, you know, and um, an injury breaking my arm, and they, they drafted Pat Burrell, who ended up being a left fielder, not a first yeah. baseman, which was quite obvious at the beginning, you know, but they wanted him to come up and right. the team. So, uh, you know, that ended a, f a long run for me there. But It's chilling, rolling. Man. We had yeah. Brady Glanville, Abreu, when he was young. Lieberthal, All-Star. It was a team. Right. Shit, like, we had a good team. We had a couple All-Stars. Mickey Morantini. Yep. Was he on that team? Yeah, he was in the, the first team, or that our first Did year or two there. Did you play the minor leagues against him? For Reading? Against him, yes. Yeah. And Scranton. So let's talk about let's talk about that stint in Boston, since this is uh, about the greatest rivalry in sports. Just tell people a little bit about your family background and who you cheered for growing up and how important it was to you. Well, it was life, death. I mean, it was especially for me, who sports was everything. I mean, it really had nothing else, no other interest but sports. My dad was a, a coach year-round in prep school, so he coached. Football, basketball, baseball. He watched every game at night. Coming home from his practices, I would go to his practices. So sports was life, and and I kind of lived it through my father and his teams and as a coach. Um, and he was had Boston everything on, and he was, I mean, he was fanatical about it. 
I mean, when I had to go to bed, when they were doing the, the tape delay Celtics champ, NBA championship finals at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was, you know, living at Taft in this second floor CPT, you know, and, and uh, it's an apartment, I, it's an apartment in the dorm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so it's, you know, middle of the night, the tape delays on. I don't know. They're on the West Coast. Um, I, had, I made sure I kept my door open so I could hear him because I knew I would hear him. You know, he's going to be like, so he was screaming, put him back in, put him back in. No, why are you shooting? And then, I, and then when I didn't hear anything, I knew they were doing well. So, and then he would always come in. I mean, there were a couple times when he came in and we, you know, they won the championship. So he'd come in and wake me up when they won the title or won a game, big game. And it was everything. I mean, you know, it was crazy. It was like Boston Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots, Steve Grogan's got a neck brace. He's my favorite quarterback. You know, Danny Ainge, <laughs> yeah, yeah just, were, were John Hanna and Craig, you know, I, I mean, so I followed them, all the teams, like it was my life. If the Patriots lost back then, which happened a lot, it really ruined my week. Huh. And I didn't, I, I remember literally going into a shower after those games, because I, mean, I kind of had a pro, on those Sundays, I watched the game, eat, take shower, whatever, and do some homework, but feeling really, really down or really, really happy. It weighed on me big time because it was that important to me. And um, so when I tell my son, I'm like, this is not the norm right. you know, with the Patriots. They yeah. just. They're terrible. They, 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 yeah, what you're seeing over the last 20 years is not what it was like. So with the Yankees, like a big deal? Because we, we talked about it how, you know, the Bucky Dent home run is one thing. Yeah. But like, generally speaking, they didn't play a lot of huge games until they started meeting in the playoffs, right? And so was it a hate Yankee thing or not? Oh yeah, I, it was definitely a um, uh, absolutely. It was on when they're playing the Yankees. There were a lot of day games back then, so you got to see them all. Usually, um, if you didn't see the beginning of the game, you saw the end of the game. Um, those were the those were the moments that made heroes and goats, and I was like all in with that, absolutely. And it was the Yankees always won, and they're always playing the Royals and the Ales to go to the World Series, and they play the Dodgers, and it's like why can't the Reds? You know, I but I I, lo I was you know had their batting order. When I go in the backyard, I try to mimic each stance. I go one through nine, and I was by Stanley throwing a sinker and Luis Tian, of course. You know, with all his delivery mechanics, I, I went in the backyard. Right, I couldn't stay and watch a game, a right. full game. So I had to go and shoot, go and throw balls against the wall, field ground balls. Go back down, shoot some more hoops. Uh, go throw, pretend I'm a running back. You know, then go back and watch the game. I couldn't watch a two-hour, three-hour game. Um, at all without going to do something. Was it a big deal for you and your family when you put on the Red Sox uniform? I know it was. I know it was because my Boston family, all my father's side relatives, oh my gosh, you know, the tickets, the night, you know, and before the games are in BP, they'd all get down to the dugout somehow. And, and you still have family strong... living in the North End. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot, too, bro. I mean, like, they would... And they would call me by my nick, you know, so I knew it was them when they're, you know, everyone's calling your name. It was like, and it would be like, it looked like a group of 50. <laughs> I mean, I went to the North End and they, you know, had lunch, not every day, but a lot when I was there. And they, you know, bring out the whole menu for me because I was a North End kid. I mean, I literally did go to the North End a lot, you know, when I was growing up. So was it pressure? Did you feel pressure? I felt a lot of pressure um, because I wasn't playing. I felt really like I was letting everyone down because I'm not on the field. And I had just come back from an injury, but they had a lot of, uh, a lot of success with Brian Dobbick at the time. So it wasn't that I felt like I should be playing, you know, although I would have uh, com you know, competed for that. Yeah.
Well, let's be honest, you're a better all-around baseball player than Dahlbeck, but he had, he had some stretches where he was doing really well. Right, their offense, he was uh, hitting, you know, it's power, and um, I just felt like I was letting everyone down that I wasn't in there, so I was really heartbroken without trying to act like I was heartbroken. I'm, I'm handling all this, right. and um, they you, asked me to go on the deal when I wasn't hurt. You know, a lot of things crushed me there. This brings a lot of, do you know you were near the end? I didn't think so, because... I had just broken my arm. I just came off of three of my best years in MLB. I mean, literally went, you know, 100 RBI, 100 RBI, whatever, 2020, you know, and played in 150. I led the Phillies in games played for the last few years, and they always say, you can't, you're always getting hurt. You're always, I'm like, no, look at the record. Yeah. The, the, I'm first, then there's other players in games played. So I've made it a personal thing, you know, trained and everything to play every day. Um, I didn't really think I was at the end until I got to Atlanta. Okay. But with Boston, I even told them I'll take I'll take minimum. Sal I mean, I literally said something like I'll take minimum salary or five hundred grand to come play for you guys for the next couple of years. I just want to play for the Sox, and um, and maybe finish my career here, that kind of thing. And they said no. Well, they didn't contact me, so that's saying no. Yeah, they didn't really. I mean, I'm sure they enjoyed that back because Mike Lansing was a the guy they picked up at and Dante Bichette and myself at the after the tra uh, waiver deadline that year and they they got I think Dante went back I know Mike Lansing went back was re-signed by them I'm not sure I think they still had Daw back you know um, who had again had done fairly well so, so I want to so putting all that in perspective go back to I have the date written down because um, it's it's an important date, right? It's August fourteenth of two thousand. Yeah. The Red Sox are fifty nine and fifty four. Chasing, still chasing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what, uh, what no, point, but they, we were close. Yeah, they were five, I think five. They were playing the Rays, yeah. Yeah. Right. and um, oh, yeah. and oh. you you're pinch hitting. Just take us through that whole yeah, and what happened. Because a lot of people listening and watching don't know what, what I'm talking about. Yeah, so this whole thing, I was really down. I, you know, I was in a bad state of mind. I was coming off injury. I want to show the Red Sox I can play here, how much I love it here. I want to stay here. I want to play here for the rest of my career, and I'm not even getting a shot. And then I get an, you know, it's hard in baseball to just come off the bench and try to get a hit and, right. or play, nonetheless, get a hit. You know, so it's going through a really difficult season coming off my first year of being hurt now. And then coming back and getting the dream of the Red Sox, not playing. And then they told me a couple of times they would like to make roster changes. They don't want to get rid of me, but they want me to go on the DL. So, I mean, I, you know, I wasn't hurt. I was actually coming back from the injury now healthy. So there was a lot. I was getting crushed, you know, kind of a jab, jab, uppercut. And uh, a couple things about that night. Um, for some reason, I had been getting ready throughout the game a little bit more often. As if I'm, I don't know why I didn't always like take that many swings back there in the tunnel to get ready. I did that night. Um, Billy Taylor, I faced in the minor leagues a bunch. How do you know him? I knew him, and I knew him pretty. We have faced each other quite a bit in AAA, <laughs> so it wasn't. I don't know if it was ten at bats or fifteen, but that's you know you you can you know what he's got. Put a little book together. Yeah, yeah. I knew what he. I knew he's got. I knew what he looked like. So my first swing in the first at bat, I let it fly, and I was right on it. I mean, I felt like I was right on it. I felt a straight back, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm loose. I took a lot of swings. I got Billy to, but, you know, I, to go through that at bat, I mean. Well, first of all, tell, give before, us the situation. Right, I don't want to get beyond. What was, what was it? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it's not it's just a good No, I know. I don't want to get ahead of it because the Boston fans are unbelievable for what they did. 
they knew they they know every as I did growing up. They know the everything about every player passionately, and so they knew I loved it there. They knew I grew up there. You know, they knew I was a Red Sox person. Yeah, and it was in my DNA. So that was all known, and they knew that I was. There was actually kind of like a push for me to. I could tell in the paper and the reporters of a lot more. Yeah, play like we know it's hard when you're not playing every day, and we need you to play. And I kept being a good team player, telling Jimmy Williams, "I'll do whatever you need." You know, I'll be, and that's literally what I kept telling him. Um, so when they intentionally walked, yeah, so to, to the game before that game, they asked me to go. Literally, you know, I don't know. Within a half hour of first pitch, they asked me to go on the DL. I think for the second or third time, I wasn't hurt, and I that actual game that game. So Rod Beck, shooter, came to me after the game. He's since passed, you know. Yeah. And after that game, he was the closer for the Red Sox. Yeah, awesome. So I knew him against the Jets. We had we knew each other, and he came after. He knew what happened before the game. You know, locker wasn't far away. Um, he knew I was again asked to try to go in, and I said, and I got mad. It was the first time I got mad. No, I'm not going to deal. I'm not hurt. I fought back to get you know healthy the whole year. I'm ready to play. Play me or whatever. I don't care if you release me by. I I do care. I didn't tell him that, but so he kind of heard what was going on after the game. He came up to me and kind of looked me in the eye and said, you know, kind of a dude. That was awesome. <laughs> I guess he can say it. Yeah, like you got to you got to you got to tell the press that you got to tell the press what happened before the game. You got to let it be known. I was like, I can't do that. So let me get this straight. If you had said okay, you wouldn't have played that night. Correct. Correct. If you if you, if they said a deal that you wouldn't even have been in, it. yep, they were banking on me, loving being with the Sox, okay. that I would just say yes to stay with so them. You said no. You're on the bench, and let's just for everyone at home, uh, you didn't start. Didn't start right? the game. Bottom of the ninth. Yep. So it was yep. Okay. So and who who got intentionally walked? Well, so this this is a this is the major part of the story. Well, the other part being, they asked me to go on the DL. I had no, I had no idea. Yeah, that was, and, and you know, they, these all games are these games are big, and we had a little thing going with Tampa Bay with Pedro Martinez yeah. and their bench brawls and stuff like that. So, so there's that some intensity. Oh yeah, I was in. On, I mean, we were there in Tampa and back, and he got that was the first taken out in the third or fourth, fourth inning or something at Fenway, and then he went down. We went down there to Tampa, and I think he threw it. The first batter of the game, first inning, and then we had that big ball. Yeah. yeah, so I was there. But that was uh, that was a fun one. Did you get shots? I was I was late. I was not on the field. <laughs> so my excuse I was a little late to the party. I was in the pile, but I was not like Brian Dawback. I still see Brian Dawback's face was on the bottom. The Burrow and Andes getting some shots in on him. But um, yeah. <laughs> so there's intensity in the game. It was close. Fenway's rocking. I mean, it's the Rays, but it's a big game. Uh, late in the year with, you know, chasing the Yanks. So I was put in for defense. We took like a, uh, I think we took a one-run lead in the seventh or eighth or something. I'm not going to lose some of the details. Or I was put in for defense. So usually Jimmy did that if we had a, if we had a one-run lead or something. And, then, and then they either tied it or the game was already tied. But Dawback came out, I went in to play D and somebody got to, first and second base were open. I think Veritek might've got to third with two outs on a sack fly or something. Anyways, first and second base were open two outs, bottom of the ninth, uh, tie game or down by one. No tie game. I think it's tied. I think it's either tied or down. But yeah. So it's Nomar and Carl Everett 
who at the time were all-stars. You know, Car Nomar's hitting almost 400, going for 400. Carl was unbelievable, going, you know, all-star. And I'm like, I looked at Buddy Bailey, our bench coach. You know, Jimmy's up on the top step, but Buddy Bailey's down, like, getting the neck, you know, getting the players all in, what's going to happen. And I said, Buddy, dude, they're coming after me. <laughs> they're coming after me. And he goes, what are you talking I'm just going up to get the bat. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm in the hole. I go, this is my bat. And he, he like, didn't even know what I was talking about. Like, he didn't think that far ahead. He's thinking of the moment like he should be. Wait, but they, they, they both are both working, working around them to get to you. Both. So, so first, I knew it. I want to get my bat. Was it an actual intentional walk, or did they, like, pitch around? Four. Wow. Eight straight. So you got to be walking up there like, I, 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 I knew it when I was going to put one batting glove on. Yeah. I mean, a player, I know. What are they going to do? But walking up to the plate, you got to be like, I got to show these. So I, I, before I hit the top step, honest to God, I probably didn't even take a step. There's two, three, four steps coming up the, the dugout of Fenway. I hear my name being chanted, okay, by the entire state. It didn't sound like a, it didn't sound like a small group when I'm coming out. But by the time I hit the grass... It's the stadium. To me, it was the stadium. It was so, so loud. loud. It probably was. <laughs> you know, I, and I was like, how many moments in the backyard that I have you coming up um, following the Red Sox with it? But you have all these side things. The team doesn't want you. Uh, the, the, the other team didn't respect you. You yeah. know, And then you, you're coming in cold. I mean, so it's all those things. If you were just a regular player and right. came up those steps in that situation, you'd be jacked up. But you must have been on 11. The ingredients were, absolutely, I was on 11. The ingredients were, you can't make it up, doesn't happen, can't happen, shouldn't happen, won't ever happen again. And then, and then when I got, you know, hit it, it literally, the, you know, the video, when I see it, the camera is shaking. I mean, that probably happens for anyone who hits a walk-off grand slam. But before I was at the, in the box, I mean, they're on their feet, like Fenway does, and they're chanting my first name, and I was like, I think I think I remember them doing it before the before I walked out. Like they knew, as soon as they walked to the first guy, whether it was Carl or Nomar, I'm not sure. Um, I think they started. I think I started. They figured my name. it out too. Yeah, I mean they're not going to yeah. walk Carl to get to Nomar, right? Or Nomar to get to Carl. You know, it was it was walk him, walking him to get to me, and I knew it. You know, two bases open. Uh, I'm hitting 170. You know, with coming off an injury and uh, but I was like I got Billy Taylor in my book I know him he's a righty feel good. Right? he's a righty but he's also this so he's like it was a good matchup for me you, you got to see his release point really well it's a little thing I'm not trying for a home run I'm just trying to base hit you know because I think the, the winning runs on second or third right both so I had a good the right frame of mind I had a lot of things going for me there I thought uh, to my but when I missed that first pitch you know, you're always like, you, you might get one pitch to hit. Right. And I'm like, oh, man, I just, and it was a good swing, and it was right there. And I got behind, I think it got to 2-2. Two, two. And I was looking for his slider. He threw me a lot of backdoor sliders in, in facing him. It was his thing against a lefty. He just tried to bring that backdoor slider around. So you, even if you hit it, you probably wouldn't hit it well. Nice. And, I mean, I was looking for it, and it came right over the heart of the plate. And I still didn't think I hit it out. Was really deep in right field at Fenway. Yeah, I thought it was over his head. I, to be honest with you, I said I think I got it. Is that is, is that one of those things in your life? Because I mean, you've had a lot of moments as an athlete in, in in general. Is that one of those things that you can close your eyes, you can see as clear as day? Yeah, I can see the pitch. I can see the bat. I can hear my name. I, some of the details of the of the uh, obviously I'm forgetting some of them, but I know the first you know they walk guys to get the essential ingredients. Yeah. Did but, you get all the way to home? Yeah, I got to home, but they were waiting for me. And I had, so I realized at that time that they were psyched that we won, but they were mobbing me, like even in the 
locker room in the clubhouse. You know, it was like a feel good. Because I had said, I'm here for the team. I'll do whatever you want. I'm here for the team. I'll do whatever you want. I was being honest. They all knew that. You know, and I think they were just, uh, it was a happy, um, yeah, that was, you can't, you can't throw all those things in there. Yeah, I'm stunned. It's I didn't just, know about the, D, the DL thing. I mean, did you know about that? No. That day, I could still, I had my cell phones were just starting to come into uh, the locker rooms. So it was 2000. Yeah, year 2000. So I had a cell phone in the locker room like all the players were now doing. And they were old and, and I remember like, calling I wanna, Melissa. I want to. Oh, go ahead. Finish. No, I was saying, McCall, Melissa, Melissa, I think I'm going to be released. I just, you might need to come pick, you know, I might, we might need to leave the hotel. Because I was staying at a Brookline hotel while I was in, I didn't, I didn't know how many days I'd be there. Thought I'd be gone. And that, 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 that game, I called her, you know, right before the game and said, hey, hon, Melissa, I think we're done tonight. I think they're going to let me go. Did she go to the game? No. Did no. Joe Bro go to the game? Your dad? Was he there? He wasn't there for that one, I don't think, No. Um, huh. Do you have another question? Because I want to close on. No, you sure you got mm -hmm. something? I just occurs to me. I've known your family for a long time, and I've, I've before I knew you, we never really spent a ton of time. Person, maybe a couple of Super Bowls or whatever. Mm -hmm. I just remember him with his Elway jersey on. Um, yeah. Um, do you think it, it hurt you being so uh, such a good person, so nice? Like, like I just wanted like some of these moments and knowing you and your family. Maybe they're all like that. Maybe I don't know. But I mean, I I, I just wonder like being so honest. I mean, because it breaks my heart to hear that as a pro athlete, which is such a zero sum game, and it's so hard to even make it. Like, be the twenty fifth guy on a roster, right? And to go to a team and say, I want to be here. Like, give me just a chance to be here. Just let me come to spring training. Yeah. And I didn't have it. Like that to me is. Honestly, yeah. it was a little gut-wrenching to hear. Yeah, it was very genuine, too. I mean, it really meant, it, you know, I wasn't just speaking it. Yeah, it really I know it. that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I just. <laughs> you wouldn't do it any other way. I understand. Yeah, I mean, I think I had family tell me that all the time, whether it was negotiating a contract. So no one was with me. So this is the, the, the individual, uh, not selfish, but individual part of my career, is I was there when nobody else wasn't. And, and you know, my wife and I got, eventually got married and stuff, so she wasn't traveling with me during these years. No, nobody was. I was alone in Florida during the instructional leagues when there's no one watching games, and I'd have to go home and ice, and no one was there. I didn't even know how to ice, but I didn't want to ice at the locker room because I don't want them to think I'm hurt. So this happened, that stuff happened for me all my whole career, and when I finally got to a point where I could maybe negotiate a multi-year contract or started to get there, everyone's going, man, you're too nice. You're not going for multi-year. You know, you're telling them, yes, yes, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm like, you have no idea. I don't know if I'm going to get up tomorrow. I mean, I don't make, want to dramatize it too much, but I really don't know. There were times in like Toledo when I had retirement on my mind because I couldn't move to my left, you know, because of my hips or back or whatever. So... Not to get too deep and, uh, dr you know, dramatic about all that, but my being nice was because I was realistic. I knew it was going to be used against me in, like, contracting, or it's not fair either because it was real. It, it was part of my, um, when you acquire me, you're acquiring a player that might not be, it's why I wanted to play 156 games a year, just to show them, you know. Right. That, 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 that had me in the hospital three times at Two or three times at the end of every year, though, for shoulder, knee, et cetera. I'd do it all over again. But I, so being nice was kind of like part of what I knew what it was like. I didn't even think I'd be here. You're grateful. 
Totally grateful. Right. You know, totally. And I'm like, if I rub them the wrong way, they can replace me. I was not irreplaceable. Right. Don't give them a reason to get ready. I was definitely replaceable. I needed to have my character shine through on a team. Yeah, so people who don't know, uh, you suffered from ankylosing spondylitis yeah. for life, and it's a very rare disorder that concerns the back, and that's what hurt, hindered your motion a lot, and you try to yeah. sort of work through that. Yeah. Um, what a pleasure. I, I mean, I think we're going to... I'm sorry I get off on tangents. No, I, I mean... Just, I, good I, recalls, though. Good the, Even the Elway jersey, well, that's right, a good one. But, but, when you, but when you get off on tangents, that's when you get the best stuff, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. And so we're, we're grateful. Uh, for your time, and I think we'll probably might have to chop this up into, into two, uh, but it is a pleasure having Rico Bronya on Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.